All right, Chris, we just recorded the free will episode. I feel like this, in a way, this is, the, yeah, this, yes, that's right. This feels like our first uh, dramatic two-parter, not because the ideas are particularly more related than any of the other ideas, but just because we kind of decided uh, the last episode that we were going to do this one instead of uh, coming up with the topic uh, right now as we normally do. We yeah, for those who we, missed it, yeah, we're doing good yeah. and evil. Good and evil. So it's really two ideas. Well, I just feel like there's a bunch of ideas that have to be dealt with as a binary. Like I feel like if ideas are conceived simultaneous, simultaneously as a binary of each other, then you have to rank them as one. And I particularly like the idea of annoying the people who will be annoyed by that. Pinging through the ether like a giant emotion, this lotion, this lotion, sometimes commotion, sometimes no commotion, rank ideas. Welcome to the Rank Ideas podcast. You're with your hosts, Chris, Andrea, Nick Deladovic. And we are on a quest, a magical journey, the hero's journey. And that path is taking us through uh, great hardship, development, reversals, but persistence to rank every idea uh, from the human pantheon in order of best to worst in an ever-expanding list. I tend to get trapped in the innermost cave myself, but heroes... (laughs) Uh, Heroes, Adventures, Quests, Magic, all these were ideas that will be ranked in future episodes. But right now we're going to get into an idea you may be familiar with, uh, which is good and evil. The idea of the two things being in opposition with each other. How else are you going to be um, defining good and evil, Chris? I don't, I mean, one creates the shadow of another. The second you presume one, you have to presume the other. Um, Oh, actually, is that true? Interrogate oh, me. I wonder. Yes. Well, we're, we're ranking we're ranking the binary in any case. We're not ranking the use of the word, oh, that's good. How can you conceive of good, <laughs> uh, et cetera, et cetera. What's correct? We're, we're, yeah. we're look, we look at the concept that there is um, there is innate uh, virtue and vice to, to anything that yeah. can be ascribed. Yep. And this is why I think it's important to rank good and evil because, it's not because the good in this case is different to the good that is in the distinct binary good and bad. So good and bad, yeah, yeah. Good and bad is a, is its own will be its own ranking thing, and that is very much about like good and bad. Just can be a little bit more mundane, a little bit more. Good and bad allows for more subjectivity because good and bad allows you to just go, well, yeah, for me that was good or for me that was bad. Whereas good and evil um, is a more dramatic idea and it's a more essentialist idea. You just said it. It's the idea that there is innate good and evil in the world, working, uh, working a cause, working in the hearts of humans, working. You know, there is a, that a, quite critically that a human being at any given time can be more good or more evil, as can their acts, as can the systems and organizations that they uh, create and uphold. I really like the idea of, uh, of and, and it comes up a lot, but how other languages might treat this same concept because, you know, we need to distinguish between good and bad and good and evil as in like, you know, if, if how was lunch, it was good. How was lunch, it was evil. Like it's, um, I, I imagine there are other languages where there are, there are distinguished, uh, dis- distinct um, uses of the word for good. Um, yeah, might, as opposed to the f- the forces of good might be flatter, or it might be some languages where there might be more collapsed, or somewhere there might be eight eight further gradations of subtlety between or distinction between the ideas. And that's again that that emboldens me further to say that there are two different goods, you know, uh, at the very least. Yeah, of course. Of um, course. Um, mastery um, of other languages to let us know uh, what expertise they might have around that matter. Yeah, all I can think of is the the. Um, 
the use of you know things being right, you know, um, mm. and you know the the famous you know I think I think it's Latin sinistra. Sorry, I know it's Latin sinistra for, for like left and sinister. You know, mm. that you've got the right. That's good. You know, pretty much you know ninety percent of people do everything on the right side, and then the ten percent. <laughs> The left, sinister, evil, you know. As someone who has a left... Diabolo. <laughs> as someone who has a left-handed brother, I'm completely comfortable with that distinction. I'm left-handed myself. Uh, oh, damn. But, I don't, but I'm not a, a left-handed twin. That's, that's, that's a special circle. No one tell Chris that he's secretly my left-handed twin. <laughs> What's the secret? Shouldn't be obvious. <laughs> um, um, you go. So it's it's hard to you know when you think of good and evil you immediately think of of religions um, and you know heaven and hell or I do at least and these sort of these big binaries like that the absolutes like that there is a there is a shining star of good in the world and that is you know our God and then the the epitome of evil is you know personified in a Satan figure. Um, do you think that good and evil exists as a concept in every society? I think the um, idea, I think the variances in society, my guess would be that there might be variances around the idea of um, determined essentialist good and evil. Um, so if we're just talking about humans, individual humans as an example, um, uh, there might be cultures where there's more of a framework for thinking of people as born good or born evil or, you know, um, just having a level that in their nature that is fixed or is fixed except in the um, event of great effort or cause of themselves or others. Uh, and then there's probably cultures that still have that idea, but um, it's it's uh, less fixed and determined. It might be more around the idea of people's acts being good or evil, good or evil behaviours that then have a cumulative effect on the, uh, on the selfhood of that person. In terms of if there's cultures that don't have any concept of good or evil in this... Um, in this sort of uh, in this way that cross maps with the idea of souls or the idea of you know um, a transcendental existential aspect to humanity. Um, I don't know. I'd be interested again for listeners to let us know. I think a, there's a really good example of um, uh, of a of a different approach because often when we think of evil things, we think of the sort of inexplicable crimes um, that that people can commit, you know, and harms that. Do, do to others and you know then and like uh, my my mum's a big one for it like uh, you know maybe she'll see someone who's like uh you know done all these horrible crimes or she should just say i just know that look this this guy's yeah. evil and um you know any and and it comes up a lot like and i feel like that's just like you know it's just a red flag for missing thoughts um but the the concept that comes up as an interesting outlier for me is uh, have you have you come across um a muck, the origins of a muck, as in to run a muck. The word, the word a muck. No. So I think I think it's the only Indonesian word in the English language, and um, I'm so sorry to the listeners that are expert on this because I I I, I, have my, I got my knowledge from one radio interview I heard once. So it's gonna be... I love that you're suddenly making that caveat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, everything this, else this I've said has been authoritative and final, but this this is there's holes in this one. Um, a muck is so if somebody so it was just a. a, a a phenomenon that somebody in a, in a village or somewhere something in Indonesia would now and then go nuts and kill a bunch of people and you know maybe hurt their family or whatever and this this um this was seen as like some you know some devil demonic possession or something like that and this person was rather than being outcast and 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 punished they were like everyone felt really sorry for them that this had happened to them and that um 
And it was just a, it was just a phenomenon that would happen across society. And I guess once something like that's in your cultural conception, you know, it's, it, 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 it's something that you think might happen, then it's replicated in other, in other, you know, continuously throughout the culture. And, um, and I really like that, uh, I actually, I feel like that probably does map across um, Western traditions of evil as well, of people being, you know, possessed by demons to do things. Um, you know what I like about it, um, and it throws back a little bit to our conversation around free, free will, will last episode. Um, I like that it shows the um, complete, like the the complete negotiation of interpretation of the of the implications of being good or being evil, or as in what I like about that specific example is people are using that as a rhetorical position to then be forgiving and compassionate to that person, or at least pity, pitying them rather than thinking of them as, as yeah, someone yeah, that had yeah. to be stamped out. Whereas yet, yeah, and I think, um, as you say, in Western cultures, the idea of demonic possession might've been used both ways. It might've been a way to, to preserve this, the idea of someone's innocence. It also might've been a way to, it's, it's it, at other times it would be used to completely dismiss, um, them as someone that needs to be treated as a human, um, and allows for massive mistreatment. And it just shows yeah. that, yeah, yeah it, it, it's a very <laughs> good and evil. They're thought of as um, these intransigent ideas. They're also very flexible in terms of how they're then used, you know, but uh, for something that is so, um, for ideas that are so fundamentalist in their, fundamentalist in their um, conception, it's, uh, it also shows that they are, that they are just, narrative devices fundamentally yeah I, I just i like i can't think that there would be a single person on the planet or in human history that everybody would uniformly agree was evil you know like i, I um or all good for that matter um, i mean i mean chris it's, there, it's a there are there there are there are narratives but again the vast majority of people walking around do think of there as being purely good and purely evil people which is which to me is a thing you in terms of in terms of ranking the the, this idea the, is partly the, based yeah. on its impact, like the tendrils. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but uh, sorry, I, I mean, um, I, I mean, as a measure of like, is it a you know, you know, there's no uniform truth to it. It is. I, I think we, I think we have to start by saying um, our position on the, the reality of good and evil. I feel like that's a that's that something seems- we've we sort of brushed past because we assume we, we it's assumed knowledge, but. Um, like I, it's, I think it's a pretty trash. Like there's, there's no reality to it. I feel like there is an evidence um, for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, but also there's evidence not for it. Um, yes. Yeah, I, I feel like any any of the things that we think of as as evil, even through history, you know, there's a, there's always a confluence of um, various factors that have led to that, and a unique uh, to what to whatever individual being seen as evil or or collective acts as being evil, and and and. Uh, that's not to take away from those acts, but rather to say that it's, it, there's a better conceptual, there's a better way of conceptualizing of the things that uh, other people may describe as evil than a simple innate uh, ascription to to, um, to to the people that are conducting themselves in those Agreed. ways. Agreed. I think even more responsible for me, for me at least to say to the listeners is that yeah, I do, a thing that I don't uh, find evidence for and find evidence to the contrary of is a fixed and stable selfhood per individual, as in, yeah, yeah. as in, you know, peop, uh, I myself, uh, you who are listening to me right now, um, uh, can be wildly different in my behaviours depending on environment, depending on stage of life, depending on um, the the subtle cumulative effect of outside stimuli mixed with my own uh, chain of decisions, uh, the effect that has on my neural pathways and the conditioning 
and behaviors that has and then yeah the vast majority the vast potential for that to be disrupted by any just unusual thing happening like the idea that the idea that um again there is and again there is a cumulative there there are people have habits and people have com, have their common behaviors and if they're if those common behaviors align to my sense of what i think is a good thing to do and not a bad thing to do in terms of my own internalized values then i can practically say that uh, someone is um a good person uh, in terms of me judging to judging that I want to spend time with them, hang out with them, be vulnerable with them, blah blah blah. Shorthand, and uh, as you know, someone as painful as me. But even then, that's you. Even then, you that's good and bad. Yes. by your own personal subjective thing, that's not good and evil. I, I, but, yeah. I can't imagine saying that someone is evil, uh, particularly in my own experience. The people that I know who have done the worst things, and I know people who have um, in my life who've uh, done things that are numbered amongst the worst things that humans can do. Um, you know, like extreme acts of violence, extreme acts of, um, you know, uh, breaking the lines of consent with their fellow human beings, like, and, you know, effects that have led to long-term trauma and hurt and damage to the people around them. I know people who've done those things and, um, I don't, my assessment of them isn't, uh, as going back to your mum's example, like I empathize with people getting so overwhelmed by the horror of of a horrible horrible thing happening uh and the implications of that just you know and it, and the decision making chain of another person being so out of their frame of reference that um that yeah that they that believing in evil is a good way to then in a weird way it's a comforting idea because then you can which is the problem yeah, because of it, otherwise which is absolutely the problem because <laughs> once you once for the worst things that we, you know, can't instinctively Im- immediately understand or or don't have the capacity to take the time to understand, but they have a, but they're painful to to receive. Then then as, then ascribing a good or evil quality to them, it like has a utility because you know who has time to constantly interrogate everything. However, the problem with that is that, um, and if I think of what what collectively most of us see as the worst acts, so say um, to say say. Say whenever there are pedophiles on TV or something, you know that that or, or in the newspaper or something, you know, a headline may even say evil, you know, um, like explicitly, and people people will be inclined yeah. to agree with that because it's difficult to interrogate. However, the problem with with doing that is it draws a line under something um, that doesn't offer. Um, doesn't offer a road to seek to understand or an incentive to seek to understand um, the phenomena that's being. That's being uh, that's that's being interrogated. Uh, sorry, it doesn't even become interrogated. It, it, it just blocks off the road to understand the the truth of what what's occurring, and consequently doesn't give you the best tools to deal with um, to framing the world as, so that uh, you can escape those harms. For example, I guess I, I think if you think of the um, all the vile abuses of the uh, the mm-hmm. Catholic priests. Um, or the sexual abuses that that have come to light in recent d- decades, I guess, continuously. Um, if 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 there's like a conceptualization which you see all the time in in just conversationally, people be like that priests are evil, or, you know, the church is evil, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's you don't get to the next step, which is, you know, why would why would this one class be overrepresented in sexual uh, violence mm. um, in society? And oh, okay, I guess it's because they're being denied a. Uh, they're, they're a being denied a sexual um, 
honesty in their own lives, but B, um, they're, they're also given authority um, without um, interrogation. And I don't know, there's just all number of things. You, you just don't get to have that secondary conversation, which is which is what how you actually get to uh, solve problems and build a better world. So I, I think it's... Um, this is what I think. This is one of the most harmful narratives that we have in our society. Yeah, it doesn't. There's it intrinsically what you're saying, and I agree, is that um, the concept of evil offers no framework for there to be less of what are considered evil acts in the world. Like if you think that pedophilia is bad, if you think that murder is bad, if you think that um, sexual violence is bad, um, then yeah, this the risk of. Um, just defining them as problems of evil means that, you know, uh, it does nothing to stop the amount of pedophilia, murder, or sexual violence in the world because, it does, as you say, it doesn't interrogate the environments it, um, or um, pathologies or, um, yes, yeah, sy- uh, systemic factors that, that add up to those things happening. And also those um, blanket denouncements can often um, entrench the isolation and create subcultures of, um, of the unwanted group behaviours as well. Yeah. Uh, the other, I think the, the, it's easy to flip and look at, to, the interesting thing for me is that the conception of people, of people and things as being good in this way, in the way that is opposite to evil, to me, throws up the same problems. The idea of a lack of interrogation, yeah. if you can, because yeah, again, it's reductive. And I mean, again, I, I can see people, I could hear people yelling at us right now and being like, oh, well, you know, if it's, if, if it's perceived as a spectrum, then people can just have a common sense view of, of people existing somewhere between good and evil. And that's okay. Like you can just think you could just be judging something as 30% evil and 70% good at any given time and making those things. It's the innate Um, nature of it. Feminists to go that people generally don't do that. That if you give people a binary as a thinking tool, then they will think in a binary way. And uh, there are, I'm sure I'll be interested to know, there might be other binaries that we come up with, that we come up with to rank that uh, seem to be, that are relatively benign. Um, There are, yeah, this one, I think, you know, this, it just, it nudges people to the, like, too easily to the idea of thinking of that something is either perfect and untouchable or thinking that it's uh, trash and irredeemable. And to me, yeah, I was, I the idea, as someone who, you know, I love judging things, I love judging people, um, but I'm not interested in judging things as good or evil as any more than I am as judging them as good or bad because I want to, because then I have to stop interrogating it. And like exactly what you were saying, Chris, like to me, the fun of it, forget about the, forget about any moral imperative. The idea of, um, it's just more enjoyable for me to get to, uh, judge things to hold all of the complexity of a topic or a thing in my head and not have to land anywhere other than just other than just um, analysis and constant updating, my, yeah. yeah, and, and updating. I mean, I mean, I mean, sure, like that's great. But even if it wasn't more enjoyable, even if it was more painful for you to have to do that, which it is for many people, yes, um, that that's not it's not the not the principle by which this uh, concept lives or dies. I think the um, I think the fact that without it, you can't get to certain places, like. Um, if you just accept something as good, like say for example, in um, in uh, if you just accept the king as good because they're they're from God and they're good and anything that they do is in- inherently good, like I don't know, I just think that it's such a it's a um, anytime people are disappointed with the behaviour of others and shocked, it's because they've ascribed some sort of universal good uh, rather than understanding that everybody is like, yeah. I, I don't know. I just I just can't see I just can't see it being a good metric I in do, any I, um, situation. I want to expand on that because like yeah, a, I feel like this is, this is a 
it's an interesting thing because, yeah, I think in terms of back to your example of just people who commit um, destructive acts, acts that transgress the um, the social norms and that and that uh, do extreme harm to others. Um, the there is just the the an absolute um, outcome of the narrative of good and evil. Not not just that, but definitely largely the narrative of good and evil is the idea that um, it's just made us really bad at as a, as a society of predicting behaviors, of predicting destructive behaviors for exactly what you just said. Like we end up having to come up with stereotypical or um, uh, just at the very least overly simplistic narratives of what type of people do what type of things. And it means that we just ignore and fail to see what otherwise I feel would be really obvious, which is that um, people who are um, kind and generous and um, wonderful to be around in in plenty of contexts, uh, thoughtful even, um, sometimes often do uh, do the things that are considered the worst things to do. And uh, that's just such a common sense thing. It should be such a common sense thing, but people frequently don't think about the world that way and don't think about people that way. And it affects the justice system. It affects the way the laws of the land have to be prosecuted because of around people's intuitions. It affects, um, and, um, and also sense of self, because it's not just something you ascribe to other people. It's something you ascribe to, people often ascribe to themselves. Like pe- many people think of themselves as good people. Oh, oh, sorry, many. Probably most people think of themselves as good people. And the, I think the more that you think that, the uh, the greater terrain you leave uninterrogated for um, for not investigating the, the, the scope that your behaviours and... Um, and blind spots may have to be causing harm to others that you wouldn't want to um, be generating if you took the time to get to that sort of that self-awareness that we valued so highly earlier. Full, di- full disclosure, it feels like I have to, have to be completely honest. Like, I mean, it should be obvious, but I've internalized the idea of good and evil as much as anyone else on earth, as in there are plenty of things I do. You know, I don't, and you, know, you know, I'm just this, I'm this arch um, deconstructionist uh, t- goon, but like, I, you know, I, I'm thinking about, uh, these ideas and challenging them all the time, but I still have an idea in my mind of what the right thing and the wrong thing to do is in situations. And even though I, I mean, I know like anyone else, they're completely based on just whatever arbitrary set of values I was conditioned with, um, sort of combined with a bunch of thinking and observing of the world that I've done as, as an adult and they change and, uh, adjust over time, but they're there. And, um, yeah. And, and there is like in a primal way deep down, there's a sense of me doing things because I want to be a good person, not be, not even because I want to be perceived as a good person. A lot of time I'll do stuff that I know will be, um, will have me be not perceived as a good person, uh, because I have a larger sense of what I think would be good to do. Um, it's, but that doesn't yet, yeah, uh, it's, it's, I have to admit that also a thing that I really value in my life and I think has allowed me to be happy with my decisions and my, uh, relationships and every part of the world is because I don't have a, I don't have a fixed sense of myself as good or bad, uh, good or evil. I don't, um, I, uh, know that when, when ideas, when an idea comes to me from the outside that suggests that I might be doing something really bad or horrible by someone else's lights in a way that I would also care about if I accepted it as information, I'm able to do that. 
you know, as it's, it's, I've noticed relative to a lot of other people, it's, it's not, there's not as, as much ego defensiveness around that because I don't, because the mm-hmm. stakes, because I'm not buying it into the idea of good and evil as much to the same order of magnitude, the stakes around me saying like, oh, this, this, I see now that that thing I did was, um, at the very least cringely embarrassing as a behavior. Um, and I don't want to do it anymore. I should, uh, it's, it's, you know, if it's, it's, and that, yeah, I, I'll, I'll be, uh, having, I'll be behaving in a more edifying way for the people around me if I don't like, yeah, I, I feel like a lot of people aren't ever getting to that moment as, as a habit because they have to protect the idea of themselves as being good. And that, because and, of the, the, the painful, the pain of, of losing that identity. Yes. Unconscious description. I think also, um, it's nice of you to share the, you know, to have the vulnerability to share that um, internal uh, adoption of of those narratives because I think um, I think they do cut close as incentive to something that is innate and and that's why that's why it's insidious again much like the free will because I think. Um, because because we do get these rewards and punishments, m- most of us uh, get rewards and punishments for certain, um, uh, you know, group friendly activity uh, uh, versus uh, you know punish punishment etc. and 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 uh, rule reinforcement etc. That it kind of it feels like an extension of that to be like well somebody who does this all the time that's the best that you can be and somebody who never does this. So that's the worst that you can be. And then c- certain people you know people certain neurotypes who are born you know. Um, to, to be classified things as sociopaths and whatever they're, you know, they're seen as evil because they don't have the same values set as us. Um, and, and so if, if I, I don't know, I, I'm sort of think that, um, the archetypes of a lot of evils, are the, 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 you know, people who are seek endless power or, um, you know, mur- murder a lot of people or, you know, commit harm to people without having an emotional response, um, to, to, that feedback. And I think that, um, those phenomena are all better understood without resorting at all to the lazy hammer of As evil. you say, yeah, it doesn't give us a way to a useful way. Like, cause again, you don't have to, you don't need free will or good and evil to say, oh yeah, people who are behaving sociopathically need to be, need to be contained and need to need, there needs, there needs to be consequences for their actions and protection of the people around them. And, and we need to, under, but as you say, the way to do that is to understand them more is to understand what they're doing more. And that doesn't mean it's not the understanding but people that has connotations, people being like, Oh, it's just about being endlessly compassionate towards them. It's like, well, you know, no, you can make, um, practical judgments around their freedom. You can imprison uh, them to, to do what they want to do. You can literally imprison them. We've, we've accounted for that on the list. Um, but yeah, you don't, you don't need to condemn them as evil and condemning them as evil doesn't, all that does is mean you don't have to interrogate why, why what's happening is what's happening. Or I guess actually we're, we're missing this. What it actually leads to is people coming up with, um, false narratives of what to do. Like there are tons of people behaving in ways day in, day out that they think is them com- combating evil, but those, those behaviors are mismapped. They're not actually combating evil because evil doesn't exist and they're fighting a, they're fighting the foe that isn't the actual foe, whereas the foe is, you know, uh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was, I was just smiling throughout this because I, I had a thought recently um, related to this where I used to, and I cringe to have it, is I used to, cons- I've, I feel like across my life I've gone um, across an arc of sort of, if you think of that D&D table of, of alignments, I've gone from conceiving of myself as yep. maybe neutral good to chaotic good, like 
through teen years to um, strong neutral neutral. Like, uh, may, uh, is there a chaotic neutral? I don't know. But, like, I, 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 to the point that I'm disgusted there, at the idea that somebody neutral. would consider themselves good at the hubris, like the, the blind hubris. <laughs> I, I get that. I feel like everyone wants to think that they're chaotic, good or evil because those are the <laughs> coolest ones. I I made some, I, I made some joke. Like I made a joke. Like I sort of understand the D and D alignments. My partner Zev is a huge D and D person and and uh, Dungeon Masters games. And I made a crack about being neutral good um, a few days ago, and they laughed and said, "You are definitely neutral, neutral. You yeah, are true great. neutral," is what they said. <laughs> And I was like, I was like, I'm, I, I didn't know that's alignment, but I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled to hear that. Um, the, uh, uh, yeah, the idea of, um, yeah, just, just to unpack that. Cause I think we're, we're pretty close. Uh, I think we've been close to ranking this for about mm. 15 minutes, but I, I think it's good to, it's good to make all the points that are, that are there to be made on this podcast. That's how we do this. Um, the idea, yeah, the idea that, um, ideas of what is good to do and ideas of what is what is evil to do and what makes you good and evil are just creating so much activity, so many plans and um, structures and schemes um, that are leading to so much human behavior that is arguably not connected to reality and um, uh, if not wasteful, then just getting in the way of a lot of practical work that could be done on uh, just just looking at the outcomes that we might want for society and how you might actually achieve them based on the reality of what we can observe. Yeah, I feel like evidence. I feel like the more that the more weight good and evil narratives have um, in various spheres, the less ef- effective they are. and um and I think you could see them over time, particularly as you track sort of, uh, you know, scientific advancement sort of supplanting a lot of um, religious explanations for for various natural phenomena. Um, I think that you know the more the more the terrain of the good and evil, uh, the more that recedes, the the, the better uh, the realities that replace it can be. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I and 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 this is a, I think then it comes to scope. It is an all encompassing one that interacts with all of our lives uh, in. In every, in all of in so in I would say most social uh, discourses, um, there'd, there'd be an unconscious weight of it, um, much like fairness, I suppose, but perhaps at an even grander scale. In in that there's there's a sort of silent compass uh, where we understand things to be, um, you know, in the trend of one or another, rather than simply being what is existing for their own sake, whatever the phenomena yeah. that's being weighted are. I had a um. A few years back, I remember discussing this with a fr- with a friend of mine uh, who is ex- who's uh, very intelligent um, and analytical and wise, and just someone that I've uh, gone to for a lot of advice over the years. And um, she was arguing for the idea that there is utility in the word evil as a way of classifying classifying people who do uh, truly destructive things, and um, kind of challenged me as to what other word you would use, like to describe the extremes of... But we're not, um, we're not some, weighing the use... We're not weighing the existence of those words, good or evil. Like we're, we're weighing the the innate ascription of them. Yeah, and the, but again, those these words... Uh, and again, it's, it's, it's a, a lot of... A lot of um, uh, this... In the same way, this, you, you, we're always going to be... Um, Contending with the idea that we're that we're quantifying the ideas in words, and that's always going to have inherent challenges in terms of going. Okay, the words aren't the thing that we're ranking. We're trying mm. to we're using the words to explain what we're ranking, and we're trying to map the word 
as accurately to the common understanding of the idea as we can. Sorry, but, yeah. but I cut off the end of that. So uh, the, the conversation was how, what else would you, what better word is there to use than evil? And I came up with just. Why um, do you just need one word? Well, A, that. And, and, but, you know, in being generous to the thought experiment, I was like, well, it's about the connotations you want to um, express. So, and, you know, this is very, this is very insensitive uh, way to go. But I was like, well, if, you, if you're going to make me use one word for someone who's a murdering sociopath, for instance, um, I'd just say uh, fucked, like the way that a car is fucked, you know? Like, it's like, oh, he's, he's fucked, mate. <laughs> like, as in, uh, as I'm in afraid just, your carburetor is evil. <laughs> Exactly right. It's just like oh yeah, something yeah. It's it's you know there's there's it's it's not working properly. Like it's it's not in a way that um kind of takes the yeah it takes the narrative of of a central character out of it and says the idea of yeah as you say it's a different neurotype. Uh, even that's you know insensitive to the idea that um uh that yes yeah, even that's putting a bit more it's putting a value judgment on different neurotypes. But but also if someone's at the extreme of their of of the um, possibilities of their neurotype to the point where they're um, uh, you know just uh, causing destruction of other humans, for instance, without uh, caring too much, without worrying too much about it, um, then you know this. Uh, I don't. The number one priority might might not be being completely sensitive to our use of language around them, but I I think it's not a, think- to me. It's not about political correctness. It's about um, having a way of talking and thinking about these people that makes us think better about why it's happening and what we can do about it, like you were saying before. Yeah, exactly. And and sort of at the inverted end of the same example, you know, you could say, well, you know, that's just a cultural value that somebody who wants to destroy a lot of human lives is is a is a bad thing, and that yeah. it's good to have, um, you know, life preserved. You know, even then, that's not the best. You know, that's still a bad, not the most useful conception of it being a good thing because there's a you want to be able to explain why there's a utility to that and and just inherently paint what you know painting something as good is is not the is not the useful way to um to interrogate or understand um and, and we're going to rank morality we're going to rank morality completely separately at one point and literally and we're going to get into the idea of whether it's whether you know, I'm not ready for that no I'm we're even not less qualified for that than every nah. single other topic. I'm I'm super keen to do it sometime soon, but it's the idea of yeah, just we will be ranking more specifically in morality the idea of um, having having a uh, a sense of um, just valuing um, the valuing behavioral norms beyond just utilitarianism, beyond just like a a subjective construction. Like whether again, it's it's these are ideas that um, have implications of there being something intrinsic and transcendental that needs to be protected at the heart of mm. humanity. Um, but I think even, even if you put that be- beautiful poetic framing across the idea of good and evil, good, it's not doing, it's not achieving that, uh, for the reasons that we've already discussed. Um, anything else you would want to say, or are we getting to ranking? Uh, I guess, I, I guess the normal disclaimer that, um, the ranking is for it's, it's, um, you know, we're obviously incredibly biased in the weight of these things in our own society. You know, it's we 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 are, we live in a very similar society, Nick and I, or the same society for most part. Um, and you know, maybe there are maybe there are human societies out there that have these ideas much more neatly integrated than the ones that that we inhabit. And maybe it can be done, but I think you know that just sounds like you're describing the thing that we would want, which is just a concept of um, yeah. Putting putting valences of judgment on humans that isn't this reductive, um, and yeah, and I mean, obviously, like it's worth stating the obvious, which is that if you're someone who just believes in good and evil in a um, 
in a cosmic way, like you, you think that there are good that there is good and evil in the um, uh, innate in the universe around you, then uh, then you think that, um, and uh, you know, so on that. So a lot of what we'll be saying would um, you would disagree with. Um, I'm I'm confident. Uh, to say to you, to say to you, if you are that person, that um, I don't see the again what we said before. We don't see the evidence for that, and we see evidence to the contrary. And just to share um, something, something personal, I would say that um, the the greatest uh, the greatest gaps and blind spots that have emerged in my own life have come from um, an assumption that something could be inherently good, or or that I in myself had inherent good. Um, in something or, or inherent, uh, no, no virtue or, or something. I don't know. I think, um, I think what I was saying is that, uh, the less I have subscribed to this narrative, the more integrated and happy I've been able, uh, God, happy. It's so hard to escape on the rank ideas podcast. <laughs> it's so hard to escape using any gonna, short, shorthand word. We're going to rank them all. I have found it more rewarding not to subscribe to this narrative. Thanks for sharing that, Chris, because that allows me to also say that I agree. Uh, I've, I've had that same experience. Um, all right. So, uh, starting from the bottom of the list, we have, um, ideology right down at number 34 at the moment. Good and evil um, is an ideology. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's. No, it's a, nah, it's, no, it's a, it's a, it, no, it's not. It's, it's, it, it's, you know, it could it's, be, it's certainly wrapped up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's an ideation. Um, it's an idea. Uh, so ideology, we've, so our bottom three, we've got ideology, we've got fulfillment and we've got faith. Um, above that is debate. It's worse than debate, I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, yep. Uh, obviously maps across faith. I think it's worse than faith. Yeah. I think, um, I think, why do you think it's worse than faith? I think it's, I think for people who subscribe to it unchallengingly or like it it's it's uh harder to remove i don't even know what i mean by that <laughs> this is hard this is really difficult yep um, i think this is a tricky because it, yeah. it, it's hard to measure like with like with different traits with different uh, ideas like this i i feel like um i'm just trying to remember what, what was the 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 core essence of why we downweighted faith we were so cruel to faith was that it had costs um it had costs with benefits that could be better achieved in other ways. Yeah, which you know, I think uh, good and evil's um, similarly similar to that, but putting it like that, I think you're right. The good and evil is is worse just because it's um, uh, yeah, it's it's it feels like a more extreme of that. It feels like faith. I feel like it's more encompassing. Like I feel like um, you know, not you can not subscribe to faith and still subscribe, subscribe to good and evil and have the same like, you know, disastrous outcomes. Mm -hmm. I also, I also think, yeah, like the, the ratio, like the, the good ideas that, um, faith gums up, you know, dis, dis, uh, discernment, trust, um, uh, judgment, um, get gummed up pretty badly by faith, but the good ideas that, um, good and evil are gumming up, which is just, you know, um, uh, Decision making, reality, um, s s judgment of the people around you. Like I feel like it gum it gums those up even worse. Yeah, I just think it's no good. I think I think you want I think you want to strongly take a stand on the edge of the ship and be like, this is something we cannot. This is a Pandora's box. Yeah, demon that we cannot let loose. Don't have it in there. Um, and uh, because and again, it's another one like uh, debate or um, uh, fashion. Other ideas we looked at where it's super. Once you once you open it. 
people are going to be using it all the time. Like it's so it's because again, it's another sexy idea. It's sexy and exciting and um, storified. It's a story. It's a really good story. It's most you know. It's the vast amount of human stories. Um, it's easy. It's a, it's 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 easy and it inhibits, which I yeah. think are the, are the worst are the worst to um, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that makes it feel worse than fulfillment to me. Um, yeah. Yep, because fulfillment is just a fulfillment is is so bad, but it's uh, just um, you know what we identified that was bad about fulfillment was the idea of it mostly about the idea of it um, warping our sense of the of the point and the purpose of things. Um, whereas uh, good and evil, it warps your it literally warps the sense of the other human beings around us. Like fulfillment fucks up our sense of our own lives. Good and evil fucks up our sense of how we should treat other people, even more specifically. Fulfillment does as well, but good and evil really does. Um, ideology is down at you the can bottom. Be certain of the- that, you can be certain that the people um, who have committed the things that that uh, we consider to be the most evil, uh, you know, that they consider themselves good while doing it. Maybe consider themselves um, unusually good. Um, yeah. And, yeah, that 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 raises comparisons with ideology where people, you know, because ideology is the other thing that gives people – strong license to trust in their own judgment uh partic- and including at times when their judgment is uh very very off i think maybe it's not as bad as ideology mm, i think maybe not as well just because ideology brings that yeah good and evil you know people people have done good works through the idea like while stuck in the framework of good and evil um and they have an ideology as well yeah, but that's true th- for ideology yeah I f- but I, f- I feel like at least if you just had good and evil, but you didn't have ideology, you could move smoothly because, uh, because uh, here we go, because of what we were looking at before in terms of the, 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 the pivots and the adjustments that's, that local societies and communities can make, uh, in terms of how they interpret the implications of the good and evil story, like the idea of like, oh, this person's possessed and we can, we can use that as a narrative tool in a variety of ways to either mistreat them or tr- or treat them well. Yes, we uh, must have compassion for the for the evil as well. Yeah. yeah, I just yeah, good and evil compared to ideology gives you a little bit more wiggle room to adjust your behavior or to update. Um, yeah, we were talk- when we were talking about ideology, we were talking about how the way that ideology doesn't doesn't even work as a reliable predictor of behavior uh, in the way that it wants to because mm. people people will find ways to rationalize their behavior within. I also think it's a stronger inhibiting force. Yeah, I think ideology gives people a, a more constricted narrative of operation than mm. even good and evil does, and good and evil does. This is making me even more confident to rank good and evil under faith and under fulfillment because it re- it's making me realize just how constricting the narrative of it is, but I think ideology is still even more constrictive. Yeah, we are in agreement. Great. Miraculously again. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, we're in, we, it just means that yet again, we've both recognized the uh, fundamental truth at the heart of uh, the, the existing, you know, think of it as it's, it's not like mathematics where it's just a framework that uh, human language is used to understand the universe. There's just it's a far more complete. There's a, there's a risk of rank. There's a list of rank ideas that have always been, that's always been out there. And we're just the people who have cast our eyes to the horizon on which it's been squatting this entire time. We're the glorious vessels through which uh, his divine voice <laughs> sings, soars. Yes. And by him, of course, we mean Hollywood's Terry Crews. Um, so un- <laughs> so at the new 34, pushing ideology down to 35, we've got good and evil. 
<laughs> I was I was just thinking about a celebrity that I think that I, I was thinking about who, what celebrity I would use the word good to, but I'd use it in the just that classic dad way. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> yeah, I like I saw that. Yeah, I saw him in uh, uh, the Longest Yard, the second one, not the Burt Reynolds one, the other one. I mean, Burt Reynolds is still in the other one. But Terry Crews is in it. He was good. You're, show, you're showing off now. I don't know any of these things. I don't even know what Burt Reynolds looks like. <laughs> I don't. I don't know them either. But any. But dads do. I just just parrot, oh, right. parroting what I hear them saying down at the daddery. So it was so rich and convincing. I thought you. you it was you. My. You know. As, as uh, in my my skills include mimicry of this one thing and uh, hosting the podcast Rank Ideas with you, Chris. And uh, thank you so much for another great episode. Thank you, Nick. So nice to do a podcast with someone so skilled. Uh, yeah, it's great that we do such a good job here. Um, uh, <laughs> no if, external feedback invited. <laughs> <laughs> if you, if you, uh, if you all um, would uh, do us the incredible favor of um, recommending it to a friend, recommending the podcast to a friend, only commensurate it to the amount that you like it. Just tell them exactly how much you like the podcast, and mm. we'll let the chips fall where they may. Um, that would be and great. And only tell as many people as you know, commensurate to how much you like it. Say if you only like it 30 out of 100, just only tell 30 other people about it. That's it, it. just a mere 30 people. Um, The uh, other thing, so um, I was going to posit this to you live on air, Chris. I was thinking um, we should pick an arbitrary number of episodes to do a kind of season finale on. And uh, when we do that, we should do a bumper episode where we just uh, do an extra long one where we just uh, look at, all of the ideas that we've ranked so far and just think any of the ones that we decide we want to just do and that we want to do any more talking on, we should just do as a big hit. So like just more thoughts on, cause there's a few ideas like nothing that would, nothing that's going to affect the ranking. Cause obviously we're too good at the ranking for there to be mm. any need to re-rank, but there's some stuff that would just be fun to, it would just be fun to have a bit more of a discussion on and something we have got some listener feedback that has been fun uh, and would be cool to discuss and, and to field. And so I'm saying this now. So I think we should do a live Q&A as well. I mean, you know, on Zoom or something. I'm up for that. Yeah. Um, who do you, th- yeah. Uh, how do you think we create the um, uh, audience? We're just there doing it. And well, the people can log in. We just oh, advertise right. in advance and yeah. Yeah. I'm a hundred, I'm 101 years old listeners. You might not have uh, realized <laughs> that yet because the video content. <laughs> There's actually out. quite an audience of people online. People are online all the time. Nick. Interesting. Um, this changes everything. Well, yeah, the, uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, however we do it, what is, but you know, separate to the Q and A idea though, put that out of your mind for a second listeners, because, uh, this is really just another shameless way for us to get you guys to engage us more with your thoughts on our episodes to date. Uh, tell us what you think, uh, we haven't considered as deeply or what, what might be thought more on any yeah, of the I'd topics. I'd love to chat about that. Should we make it episode 50 or recap every 50 yeah, episodes or let's, something? Let's make it episode 50. This, this, this one that's about to come out will be episode 34, 35, 36 35. actually. Oof. Um, no, 35. You're right. It'll be 35. And so, um, we've got plenty of run up time and, you know, even, uh, ideas to discuss between then and now, which you might want more thoughts on, but yeah. So saying it here and now episode 50 will be a special event uh, bumper size where we, it'll be the it'll be the first fifty ideas in review. That works because we did two uh, two ideas in the first episode, so we'll be reviewing our first fifty ideas as episode fifty. And I think we should declare now that the only guest we will ever have on the podcast is Terry Crews, who would um, do all the speaking. Yes, that's right. He would he would host and and not let us get a word in edgeways as we would yeah. like. Yeah, great. Um, we look forward to Hollywood. Mr. Mr. Cruz, we look forward to you and your typical Hollywood brilliance uh, joining us on the show. Penelope Cruz, Tom Cruz, Terry Cruz, three different spellings. Mm-hmm. 
And yet, anyway, that's, and yet you don't need the, those sorts of observations. They're all the same person. Um, yeah, we good would, yeah. and evil. <laughs> Chris, thanks again. Thank you, Nick. See you next time. See you next time. Sometimes commotion, sometimes.